I'm your co-host Rebecca. And I'm your co-host Rach. And welcome to another episode of Ember Island Sayers. This week we're going to be talking about Season 2, Episode 13, The Drill. Before Aang can go searching for Appa and Ba Sing Se, the gang must work together to prevent the Fire Nation from breaching the city's outer wall with a giant drill. Meanwhile, Jet tries to recruit Zuko to his cause. Just Avatar things trying to prevent a giant drill from <laughs> breaching a city. So true. What other show has a plot like this? None that I know. Nope. That would definitely go on the Just Avatar Things blog. <laughs> that and the accidentally kidnapping a baby from the governor with a, the help of a lemur. <laughs> Oh yes, that was also uh, very good. This is also a good uh, prompt for your planned avatar cards against humanity. Oh my gosh, so true. <laughs> One of the cards could just be a giant drill. Breaching the outer wall of Ba Sing <laughs> So specific. Oh, Na Sing Se also has to go in there, I think. Oh yes, yes, yes. Absolutely. Anyway. Yeah. We're kind of riding the high of, we saw the Avatar cast reunion just a few minutes ago, so we're riding the high of that right now. <laughs> yes, and it was my first Avatar cast related thing, so, you know, baby's first Avatar reunion. <laughs> well, it's really cool too, because I feel like this is such a recent thing that they've been doing, so... They didn't have a whole lot of this in the past besides, like, actual Comic-Con where people would go in person. I mean, one good thing about this pandemic is people coming together over Zoom. And it's a lot easier, I think, for casts to get together now that they don't have to be in person. Right, right. Because, yeah, it's, it's so hard. I mean, they talked about in this reunion that they didn't even record together a lot of the time. Right, yeah. Yeah, and they they were very excited, I think, to talk to each other and <laughs> reminiscing and stuff. And I hope they do it again. I think it will be really fun. Yeah, totally. Everybody said their favorite episode, and that was one of my favorite parts. <laughs> yeah, I really liked people's choices. Obviously, I don't know all of them mm. yet. I really enjoyed it. Even Mae Whitman showed up and did a video. <laughs> Which I cried at. Oh, <laughs> bless. Yeah, I'm an emotional person, but, you know. <laughs> Alrighty. Do you have a poem for Sokka's Poetry Society this week? I do. And it is from the perspective of one of the characters whose voice actors were there at the reunion. <laughs> so this is from Ty Lee's perspective, which will probably become clear once you listen to the poem. <laughs> Alright. But it's kind of a, a little bit of a diary of Ty Lee in this episode. Oh boy. It started out just like any other day. Azula was giving orders, I was sitting across from May. It was easy to forget the rudeness of Warmaster Chin after I took out an entire terror team in a single spin. Azula thought the poofy dust cloud might be fishy, so we found the Avatar and his friends, including the one who's dishy. I really didn't have fun sloshing around in the slurry, being called a circus freak and losing the battle in a flurry. Any other day turned out to be not the best day, but at least the cute guy said hey. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I just feel like 
you nailed her perspective. Like, if Ty Lee kept a journal, she would totally write a poem like that. <laughs> oh, thank you. That means a lot because I don't know her that well. So I tried to get her perspective. Very cute. I do like that she's like, she tries to find the best in things. So yes. I tried to do that as well. <laughs> Okay, so with that in mind, let's get into it. Do you want to start with Fire Nation? Well, they're not even in the Fire Nation anymore. I guess Zuko and Iroh. The banished Fire Nation people. I feel like that would probably be best because they do have quite a short storyline in this episode. Yeah, yeah, kind of like the previous episode. Mm -hmm. We start with the return of Mushi and Lee. (laughs) How hilarious is it that they have kept the same fake names that they made up on the fly since the beginning of this season? I know, it's amazing. I can't tell if they're just not smart enough to make new ones or like... (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. They were pretty bad at it. And they didn't really like them either, you know, when they made them up for each other. (laughs) Well, Zuko kind of changed his, right? Because his was originally Junior. Well, that's what Iroh quipped at him. He said, I'm Lee. And then I was like, but we just call him Junior to make up for naming him Mushi. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. Oh my gosh, I'd forgotten about that. (laughs) Yeah, they uh, make a wonderful return and they arrive. I guess they've finished crossing over on the ferry. And it did make me think, actually, something that occurred to me in the last episode, but I forgot to talk about it, was I wonder how they got papers to cross. I think that the White Lotus provided them some kind of fake passport. Oh, that makes total sense. Yeah. Can you imagine Iroh in that White Lotus meeting being like, yes, I need (laughs) papers for a Mushi and Lee. And the guy just being like, okay, whatever you say, man. <laughs> Are you sure you don't want to go with something a bit better than that? No, this is my name now. <laughs> this is who I am. <laughs> I am Mushu. It just makes me think of Mushu the dragon every time. <laughs> yeah, but the lady at the gate, I guess they're now going on to like, some sort of train system. Yeah, it was like a tram crossed with an underground system. Yeah, I didn't really know what to call it. The metro. (laughs) (laughs) It will take them into Ba Sing Se, but of course they need to get tickets for this as well. It's a whole bureaucracy, like I said in the last episode. And the ticket lady at this particular place is also not very accommodating. No, I just want to stop you real quick. I have a name for it. Oh, okay. It's the Bossing Subway. Oh my god. <laughs> it's canon now. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, please go on. Yeah, so this lady, she thinks that Ira's name is Mushy. <laughs> oh yeah, Mushy, like Mushy Peas. Mushy Giant Friend. And, <laughs> and he kind of fake flirts with her to get his tickets for the bossing subway. Yes, yes. <laughs> but his flirting was actually very charming and flattering, which just goes to show that he was really out of character in Bato of the Water Tribe. Just saying. Yeah, I really liked that observation uh, that you had in our notes because I'm glad that that's not who Iroh is. <laughs> I much prefer him as this, yeah, somebody who, yes, he's obviously 
pretending to flirt with her, but he's doing it in a very sweet, genuine way. Right, and it's respectful too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's not, you know, being a creep. Right, making unwanted advances. <laughs> exactly, exactly. That's not Iroh. I'm, I'm very glad, and she's very happy to have him there as well. <laughs> I mean, she probably doesn't get that many people coming through and flirting with her, so... He made her day. <laughs> right, and she thought he was attractive too, so I guess that was nice for her. He is very cute. <laughs> yeah, you know, for his age. So his flirting successful, and he manages to get them tickets. Yeah, so they're just sitting around waiting for the next subway. <laughs> Jet sees them again and is like, oh man. Lee would make a great freedom fighter. <laughs> I can't. I can't. This whole episode, I mean, I think it might be partially your fault, but um, <laughs> this whole episode, all I could think about was clearly someone has a crush. It really does seem like it. Like, I'm trying to look at this from a non-biased perspective, and even when you do that, I feel like Jet really is kind of infatuated with Suka. <laughs> He is, because the way he talks about him, it's like, you know, when you have a crush on someone and then you've got your friends nearby and you're just like, yeah, I think he'll be really cool to hang out with. I just want to spend more time around this person, you know? Yeah, and Smellerby is not having it. She's like, what is wrong with you? Like, you've known him for five minutes. (laughs) Jet asks Longshot's opinion as well, and I just wish I knew what Longshot was saying in this moment. Me too, although I kind of love Longshot's whole shtick about, like, not actually talking. <laughs> it's pretty funny. Yeah, it, and the fact that they all seem to understand him, it's kind of like Chewbacca in Star Wars. Yes. <laughs> the way that Han just understands everything he's saying, and everyone else is just like, what? So, despite being told by Smellerby that this is a bad idea, Jet is persistent. And he's like, I don't care what you guys think. I'm gonna go ask him if he wants to come join my secret gang of cool people. <laughs> and then he goes up to Zuko and he just has this line which, again, is just so, I think, indicative of a crush. Which is, he says, So, you guys got plans once you're inside the city? I loved your note. They're gonna do an activity together. <laughs> yes, yes, I said I think Jet wants to do an activity together. Well, it was very reminiscent of, like, Sokka flirting with Yue, honestly. It was. You're right. Yeah, it's that same kind of awkwardness. I really think that <laughs> it's not reading too much into it. Obviously, Zuko really doesn't have any interest, but even if it's one-sided, I still kind of see something going on there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I think Zuko, in part as well, is just really worried about getting found out. mm Yeah, you're right. Which, you know, is a justifiable reason to be worried. (laughs) Yeah, I think he's just trying to stick with Iroh and not really join up with anybody else. But it's sad, too, because I feel like this is somebody his age and they have very similar interests. And honestly, they could be friends if Zuko knew how to make a friend. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Although, you know... Once Jet finds out who he is, he really changes his mind quickly. So that might be an obstacle as well. 
Yeah. It is interesting how Jet latches on to Zuko, but again, it feels so much more sincere than he was with Sokka and Katara. It doesn't feel manipulative at all, and he's very upfront about his motives this time around, instead of kind of masquerading behind this, like, I'm the hero, I'm the good guy kind of thing, you know? Yeah, I agree with you. I think that it's, it is different to the way he interacts with Sokka, because I think that with Sokka, the power dynamic was he was always in control, Mm. and, you know, he was running this group of people, so he was in control anyway, but even though Sokka might not know it because he didn't know what was going on, Jet was the one in control. Whereas with Zuko, it seems like it's much more of an equal thing. Like, he's like, I want you to come and, like, hang out with us and, like, be buds and be equals, you know? Yeah, that's true. Like, he basically says, you know, the only way we're gonna make it in this city is if we stick together kind of thing. And that's way more (laughs) genuine than, like, I'm the leader and... We're going to go beat up this old man from the Fire Nation. (laughs) Oh my god. Uh, We try to forget. I mean, I do think he's really trying to make a change. But then... (laughs) But then... Everything changes. (laughs) (laughs) When the Fire Nation is revealed. (laughs) So Ira and Zuko are sitting there, and along comes this cart which is serving tea. And Iroh is, of course, very excited about this, understandably. Yeah. So he orders his jasmine tea, and it's cold. And, of course, we don't drink iced tea in Avatar. (laughs) Well, there's also a difference between iced tea and hot tea that's supposed to be hot being cold. Lukewarm tea is just disgusting. It's really bad. It's really bad. Like, if it was an iced tea with some, like, ice cubes, and, you know, it's hot in Ba Sing Se, so I, th- I feel like I- Iroh would like it. That's true, that's true. <laughs> but this is just lukewarm tea. And he is completely horrified by this. That's when Zuko kind of turns away for a second, because I think he's still talking to Jet, right? Yeah, they kind of go off on their own to talk. Then once they come back... The tea, which was cold, and Jet heard Iroh complain about the fact that it was cold, (laughs) is now steaming. Yep. So immediately, Jet is like, oh, snap. They're from the Fire Nation. Yeah, yeah. And one of the things I think he says to Smellerby and Longshot is that, like, you know, he's clearly not someone from the Fire Nation because look at his scar, kind of. Mm, Yeah. But then he's like, oh. Wait a minute, who are you? (laughs) Just bringing that meme back. That meme is uh, very closely associated with Avatar, apparently. (laughs) And Zuko does something which I feel is extremely unnecessary. (laughs) Which is he just, like, knocks the tea out of Iroh's hand. Poor Iroh. Seriously. And, like, the firebending had already been done by that point, so what does it accomplish, spilling the tea? He's just angry all the time, you know. He wanted something to smack, and the closest thing was the tea, so. And Iroh is so upset. I mean, rightfully so. <laughs> I'm sorry that Zuko did that to you. At this point, that the Bossing subway arrives, and I'm sorry, I'm just going to call it that for now on. I'm delighted. They get on, and Baby Hope and her parents are on, and Iroh admires Baby Hope, which is adorable. 
Yes, aren't you glad you didn't steal from them, Zuko? Zuko doesn't remember them. <laughs> no, he really doesn't. I could tell, like, immediately as soon as we got he got in. I mean, he wasn't even looking at them. He was busy sulking in the corner, as always. Jet kind of tells his friends about this whole seeing the tea get hot and they're like well it's just an old man who had some hot tea like what is are you okay (laughs) no (laughs) no the answer to that will always be no (laughs) yeah we kind of end on this note where jet is very upset about there being firebenders and i think it's like become personal for him because he really trusted Azuko for some reason because he had a crush on him. And <laughs> I think he's angry with himself a little bit for putting his trust into a firebender. Well, now he knows how Katara felt. But it's like, it's also like Zuko didn't really do anything besides reject his offer of being in the group, which is just like, okay, whatever. But Zuko hasn't done anything, like, malicious towards him, you know? No, but this is Jet we're talking about. He's not very good at nuance. He's not. He's not. We saw in the episode, uh, Jet, that he is somebody who, you know, he's been fighting against the Fire Nation for a really long time. And he clearly thinks that they're all evil. Yeah, I don't think it's super surprising that he reacts this way. It's almost like a hyperfixation, too. He could just let this go and move on with his life and do what he said he was going to do, which is helping refugees in the city. But now he's just got this one-track mind, which is also a very Zuko thing. Like, they have so much in common, honestly. <laughs> like, Zuko with wanting to capture the Avatar and restore his honor. Now Jet has this one-track mind about needing to expose Zuko and Iroh, so... (sighs) These traumatized, angsty boys. (laughs) Yes, well, I imagine that storyline will continue, since they're all heading to Ba Sing Se. Yeah. Oh, I did want to make one quick note about the baby, since we were talking about Hope. Which is, last episode we talked about how when Hope was born... Sokka fainted and I said that was similar to my birth sort of and another thing that I forgot to say that is also similar to my birth uh, is that baby hope has a lot of hair (laughs) and apparently so did I when I was born so there we go I noticed that in this episode and then I had to go back and check that she was also hairy when she was born and that she didn't grow hair (laughs) no she has a very cute little head of hair so let's rewind a little bit Alright. Yeah, so we start out with kind of this extended sequence of the drill just doing its thing. Yes, yes. I thought it was appropriate that the episode starts with the subtitle, Drill Whirring. Very appropriate for an episode titled, The Drill. (laughs) Yes, yes. I wonder what this episode is about. Yeah, so then we zoom in to who is actually inside of the drill, and we find out that it's Azula and the Dangerous Ladies. (laughs) Yes. I did want to make a quick note, actually. So when I went back to the episode, because I did to write my Tai Li poem, I noticed that the part when they reveal who's inside the drill, it's like this little capsule almost that like comes up out of the drill. 
and sticks up in the air. And it just made me think that, like, if that thing is moving up and down, that must be a little bit unsettling if you're inside it. <laughs> no, no, no. The the mechanist designed, you know, a stabilization chamber. No, just kidding. <laughs> they all seem to be fine. I do love the setup that we see inside that little capsule thing. Yeah, it seems like Azula has a custom throne installed inside the drill for her and her friends, which is kind of iconic. Like, I'm not gonna lie. (laughs) It is, it is. And I love how, like, everyone is sitting in the perfect way for their character. Like, Azula is obviously doing the, like, queen thing, like, sitting, you know, as you should in a throne. And then Tylee is, like, on her knees with, like, them folded underneath her. And then Mei is sitting sideways and she's, like, twirling her dagger around. But it really looks like she's holding a phone and, like, playing with her phone. (laughs) If it was modern times, you know that's what Mei would be doing. (laughs) 100% that is what she'd be doing. And she'd probably be, like, playing some really stupid game on her phone as well. And she'd be like, I'm bored. (laughs) I was gonna say she'd be texting Zuko, like, where you at? (laughs) (laughs) He's texting back. Some weird guy just tried to recruit me into his cult. Oh my god. Someone needs to make a graphic of, like, their text message exchanges. (laughs) That'd be so funny. And just all the time she's texting him and Azula has no idea. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I just, I thought it was really funny how Azula keeps upping her game. Like, she started out on foot and... Then she got a tank and some mongoose lizards. And then when that (laughs) didn't work out, she was like, screw you, I have a massive drill now. (laughs) Yeah, she's definitely, well, as we've talked about before, she's much more competent than Zuko. Because Zuko's strategy is just to keep trying the same thing again and again and it doesn't work. Yeah, that's very true. So she's at least, as you say, upping her game and uh, trying to do better each time. Yeah. Well, she also has more resources than Zuko, too. Like, I'm not trying to give Zuko that much credit because he didn't do a very good job in book one, but (laughs) she does have, like, all the resources in the world at her disposal. Yeah. She is listening to Warmaster Chin, who is talking about how great the drill is. He's ranting and raving. She's just like, okay, whatever. He is then very rude to Tai Lee because she spots something outside and he just kind of dismisses her. Yeah, she spots some muscly dudes. <laughs> She's all about those muscly dudes. <laughs> she is. Arms guy, you know. <laughs> Azula is like, okay, well, even though... The war master is telling me these people aren't a threat. You know what? I'm going to send my my minions after them anyway. Because <laughs> Azula's smart. Meanwhile, <laughs> Aang has flown back to his friends and tells them about this drill. They're still with uh, Hope's parents and Hope. And they kind of make like this earth elevator. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I love that. It was so cool. Yeah, that was. And Toph and Aang are bending together, which is always fun to see, especially since he struggled so much with earthbending in the past. It's good to see his progress. And they kind of scale the wall of Ba Sing Se. And it just made me think, like, 
if the Fire Nation had just recruited a couple of Earthbenders, then Ba Sing Se would be in trouble. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess it might be hard to recruit an Earthbender because, you know, of what they've done to the Earth Kingdom. But at the same time, we know that there's always people who are just out for, like, themselves. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, and I think it's also, you know, they're the superior race or whatever. So asking Earthbenders to be on their side is below them. Yeah, yeah, that does make sense as well, um, with their twisted logic. However, might be something to look out for in the future. Oh, interesting, interesting. Yeah, I also really enjoyed the Earth elevator. So everyone gets to the top of the wall and they see what Aang has seen already. And they also meet um, General Sung. Yeah, I said, is General Sung related to Boomy? Because <laughs> he made, like, a terrible pun in one of his very few lines. <laughs> oh, Na Sing Se. Yes. <laughs> yeah, he's just going on and on about how Ba Sing Se is the impenetrable city, blah, blah, blah. And Toph is like, are you sure about that? <laughs> Yeah, I was a little confused by this because I was under the impression that Iroh hadn't managed to get through the wall, but mm -hmm. I looked it up because I was confused, and in case anyone else was also confused, he got through the outer wall, but not the inner wall. And just before he was able to get through the inner wall, that's when um, Lieutenant was killed, so. Mm. Sad. I mean, not sad for bossing, say, but. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sad for, for Iroh for sure. I don't know how close he was to actually getting through the inner wall. But yeah, I um, wonder how he did it. That would be interesting to know. I'm assuming not with a giant drill. No, it, I'm thinking probably like fire cannons or something. <laughs> Flaming catapults, I don't know. I think it definitely took a lot of effort. So him getting through the inner wall definitely would have taken even more effort. And he probably wasn't even close to getting through, honestly. The general still seems to think that the city is impenetrable, because that's what it means, apparently. Ba Sing Se. He kind of just dismisses them, and he also tells them that he has sent a elite squad with a catchy name to take out the drill. Yeah, the terror team. <laughs> Which is quite catchy. It is quite catchy, and it prompts Sokka to... <laughs> go on a whole spiel about how they need a name they being the gang which yes. is what we call them that kind of goes through the whole episode him trying to come up with names for them <laughs> which is funny because i feel like he never says the gang i think that's a that must be a fandom thing then so i looked it up and it is a fandom thing but it comes from the ang gang okay. which is what he says at the end one of the names that he suggests at the end yeah because i think some people do call them team avatar but i've always just called them the gang and i've seen most people refer to them as the gang yeah i've seen team avatar a lot on avatar wiki and I normally, when I write the summaries, I normally put the gang instead of <laughs> Team Avatar because, I don't know, Team Avatar just sounds kind of awkward to me. It does, and I feel like we all just rejected that. Like, <laughs> I don't know. I like the gang better. 
Yeah, yeah. I also like the boomerang gang or whatever it is that boomerang he says later. Boomerang squad. <laughs> boomerang squad. That's it. Yeah, I like that one too. Just because it's like boomerang. <laughs> He's really good at coming up with team names. Like he gave us the dangerous ladies. So he did, and he doesn't even know about it. I wish we could tell him. I love soccer in this episode. I love soccer, but um, <laughs> he's really great in this episode, but I'll get to it. So he sends this terror team, General Sung does, not soccer, and he's like, yeah, we don't need to worry, <laughs> except there's one tiny lady, <laughs> tiny dangerous lady, <laughs> tiny dangerous lady. <laughs> love that. That's great. And she pretty much takes them out like you said in your poem <laughs> yeah and one was it one twirl <laughs> <laughs> it was a, a single spin okay a single spin yeah because i needed it to rhyme with chin so <laughs> but yeah a twirl also you could you know use either one yeah i really liked that scene tylee is a really fun character even though obviously she's on the side that we're not rooting for right but she's just, I think I just like how joyful she is, even though she's kind of in a dark situation and she, you know, goes through these difficult things sometimes. She's just very joyful and she, you know, tries to see the best in things, as I said earlier, and uh, I just like that about her. Yeah, I appreciate her because she's this really formidable opponent, a non-bender, I love that they give these non-benders such lethal powers and they've learned how to kind of make up for the fact that they can't bend. So that's something about her that I really, really like. Like she's pretty much on equal footing with any of the other benders in this show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think you're right. They do do a really good job with that. And it's easy, I think, to if you have a world where there is bending, to make that kind of really overpowering. Mm -hmm. And, like, I think that detracts from story if it's just too powerful, you know? And I think it's nice that they have included characters who can, you know, in her case, she can even stop people from bending. So the terror team end up back in the outer wall of Ba Sing Se, and, uh, you know, the gang are talking amongst themselves. They realize that that hasn't worked, which they kind of knew it wouldn't anyway. <laughs> and they need to come up with a plan. Sung also accepts their help at this point, because before he was like, yeah, no, it's fine, I got it taken care of. Now he's like, we're doomed! <laughs> Just because of one tiny dangerous lady, but okay. <laughs> he's so useless. How did he become a general? I don't know. <laughs> well, actually, I do know. Because once we see what's going on in Bossing Say, oh, you'll understand. Okay. <laughs> okay, okay, gotcha. So they all kind of look to Sokka to come up with a plan, which is great. <laughs> yeah, I love this. Because they call him the idea guy. And I was like, yes, he is the idea guy. And then also the complaining guy. And, you know, you can be both. Both is good. <laughs> Zuko, on the other hand, is just the complaining guy. <laughs> Head empty, no thoughts. <laughs> and I thought this was a really cute scene. I like that they acknowledged him as the idea guy, although it's funny that Sokka himself was a little bit worried about that. Yeah, he said it was a lot of pressure, which I thought was funny because 
I feel like if they tried to come up with an idea without him, then he would have been offended too. <laughs> yeah, I think you're right, actually. <laughs> it just goes back to him needing to be useful, but in any situation, you know, they couldn't win, but it's fine. <laughs> oh, we love you, Sokka. In the middle of all this, uh, Katara is also healing the guy from the terror team, or one of the guys from the terror team. Or she's trying to. Right. And this is when she discovers that his chi is blocked. And for the first time, we as an audience find out that this is what Ty Lee has been doing, is blocking people's chi, which prevents them from bending. Yeah, super interesting. And she particularly focuses on pressure points in the body. So I think that's probably somewhat related to Chinese medicine and things like acupressure and stuff like mm-hmm. that. I didn't do any research into it, but I would imagine that's probably what that's based on. And this knowledge gives Sokka an idea. <laughs> <laughs> he gets really excited about it too, which is cute. I love it when he gets to like lay out his plans. It just makes me so happy. I don't know why. <laughs> You just like seeing your favorite character be happy, you know? Like, whenever Aang is happy, I'm happy, so. <laughs> well, he's he's one of my favorite characters, but yeah. Yes, yes, of course. Yeah, I just really like it. And he gets the idea of them doing a similar kind of thing to the drill, because obviously it's like a giant drill. They can't just take out the whole drill. Right, yeah. And it's made of metal, Right, but his idea is that if they can get inside it, they can hit the pressure points like Ty Lee does, and they can destroy it from the inside. Yes. So they decide to put this into effect, and the first thing they do, well, what Toph does, <laughs> is she kicks up a cloud of dust to surround them so that they can safely get under the drill and sort of infiltrate it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and again, Azula is smart and is suspicious of this. Yeah, but Tylee is the one that spots it, and she's like, Hey, look at that dust cloud. It's so poofy. <laughs> I'm just like, Tylee is like Sokka and cactus juice. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> she and Sokka, they actually probably wouldn't make a bad couple. I don't know if they'd last that long. <laughs> No, I don't think so. I think they would be good friends, though. Yeah, yeah, I think so, too. You said that you shipped them, right, when you were younger? Yeah, back when I was 15, and, you know, I didn't really know what I was doing, but that's okay. No, but I think it's valid to ship them. And, you know, she uh, is obviously into him, as we see in this episode right. and in, in previous episodes. And also, like, you liked both characters, right? So mm. it makes sense for you to ship them together, because that's what I do. I normally ship my favorite characters together. Yeah, and I think a part of it was also I identified a lot with Tylee back then. Mm-hmm. And I had a crush on Sokka. So... <laughs> Yeah, no, totally. I have done the same thing before. <laughs> it's all good. They they are cute, I think, in the way that they use language. I do like the way that Ty Lee, she seems to like using words in an interesting way. And I do like that about her. I think mm. it's cool. <laughs> Poof. Even though Azula is suspicious, she doesn't actually do anything at this stage. Yeah, so... 
the gang works together and I love this because they really use their individual strengths in this episode a lot and I just love to see that. Aang sort of like does an acrobatic move to get them all inside the drill which I thought was cute. Except for Toph who has decided she is not going inside the metal monster. <laughs> I thought Toph had some good lines in this episode. I also liked when they were... Because they dig a little hole mm. under the drill. And then for a little bit, they're in complete darkness until they come up out of the, the hole. And Sokka is like, It's so dark down here. I can't see a thing. And Toph is like, Oh no, what a nightmare. That's one of my absolute favorite running gags throughout the series is people just forgetting that Toph is blind and her completely trashing them because of it <laughs> as she should honestly <laughs> <laughs> she's great i'm sure that there have been some really good matters written about how her disability is presented in the show because i think it's done in such a good way you know it's a part of her but it's not the only part of her right yeah i don't know i really like it personally but obviously i don't have any experience of that so i can't speak as to what people who are blind might think about it but I would be interested to know. She's definitely received a lot of praise from the way she's written. Just in general, people can relate to her no matter what the disability is. Yeah, yeah. So she stays outside because <laughs> she won't be able to bend anyway. The trio go inside and then they are faced with the fact that they kind of don't have any idea where to go. Unfortunately, Sokka didn't steal the schematics from the mechanist, <laughs> so <laughs> that would have been useful, but I guess he had no way of knowing, so. He comes up with this plan on the fly, really, to attract one of the engineers to, <laughs> to this room that they're in by breaking one of the pipes, and once this happens, an engineer does come down, and Katara waterbends the vapor, the steam, I guess, that's coming out of the pipe and freezes the engineer, which I thought was cool. <laughs> that is cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's like y you said in your notes, water is so versatile. And it's also like Iroh said in a couple of episodes ago, I think, you know, water has all these different forms. And I think maybe part of being a waterbender is trying to think about like, what creative ways can you find water or use water? There's a whole episode about that, so... <laughs> ah! I'm excited. Book three. Cool, cool. So, yeah, I do enjoy that a lot about waterbending. Waterbending's so cool. I wish I was a waterbender. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, so the engineer has some plans, and they grab them from him, and Sokka figures out, you know, the structural integrity of the drill and what they need to do in order to take it down. Yes, I wrote it down because I was like, I'm not going to remember this. They need to cut through the braces that connect the inner shell and the outer shell of the drill. And if they do that, then that will basically take it down. Again, I just love Sokka being smart. He just has my whole heart. So they head on into the drill to go ahead and do that. And this is when Sokka actually starts brainstorming names and he comes up with Team Avatar. Which they don't really seem to be that thrilled about. They rejected it as well as the fandom rejecting it, so... <laughs> Thank goodness. 
Aang and Katara start water bending together. Can I say what I wrote in my notes or not? <laughs> yes, totally. Go for it. I love it. I just said Aang and Katara water bending together is my kink. <laughs> <laughs> I love it when they water bend together as well. Well, when they bend together, like I love it when they cloud bend together as oh, well. Yes, it's just so lovely because I think you said a few episodes back, was it the desert where they didn't really cooperate and they didn't get a whole lot done, but when they work together, they just do such a good job. And something that I really love about their relationship is that she has somebody to waterbend with for like the rest of her life. And that's really beautiful to me because it's something that she takes so much pride in and having someone appear her own age that she could do that with is just really great. And she grew up without anyone else. Right. To waterbend with her. Mm-hmm. So I feel like that that must be particularly meaningful for her that she spent like 14 years of her life and she couldn't waterbend with anyone else. And he, he really praises her waterbending as well and knows that it's a source of her pride. I feel like the, her tribe didn't really appreciate it that much. <laughs> no, they really didn't seem to. <laughs> so having somebody that recognizes that it's so important to her and like constantly affirms that is really lovely yeah they're very very cute and it is really nice to see them working together on this uh they go to one of the braces basically and then they start working on it it proves to be a challenge yes (laughs) poor things they're like sweating and (laughs) yeah and Sokka is just in the background like cheering them on (laughs) which Katara is getting very frustrated about yeah, yeah. She gets even more annoyed later on. She snaps at him later. I think she was just tired of holding it together for the past few episodes for everyone else's sake. <laughs> that makes sense, actually. Yeah, I think she's just done. <laughs> like, think about how patient she was in the desert with Sokka when he was high on cactus juice. <laughs> she's like, okay, you know what? <laughs> I'm done with you, Sokka understandable understandable and you know they're siblings so they have that kind of relationship right like (laughs) I feel like I'm that way too like sometimes I'm very patient with my siblings and then other times I'm like I just want to punch you in the face right now (laughs) yeah yeah I think that's uh an appropriate dynamic you know it's not Sokka's fault that he can't bend obviously (laughs) and he did come up with the plan in the first place just wanted to say but he's not the one doing the hard work that's the other thing is that I think you know she's sweating and so you know when you're in that situation it's very easy as well to just lose your patience I think yeah when I'm exercising I'm cranky as all get out so I get it (laughs) (laughs) me too yeah yeah I recently in my uh yoga that I'm doing this she has like a 30-day yoga journey yoga with Adrienne shout out And a recent one was all about, like, core exercises. I hate core exercises. (laughs) So what you're saying is that Elle Woods, her alibi (laughs) about exercise releasing endorphins (laughs) is not right. (laughs) No, I mean, I have always felt that way. I know people say that, like, if you exercise regularly and stuff that you actually want to do it, but I've not really experienced that. 
myself. No, me either. It just makes me mad. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so Aang and Katara are feeling pretty disparaged at this point because they're using up all of their energy to try and break these braces. And one of them actually does split in half, but it doesn't really do anything. And at this point, they get an announcement that the drill has breached the wall of Bossing Say. Right. So they're running out of time, basically. Then Aang gets an idea, and he's thinking about some advice that Toph gave him with earthbending, and that's you shouldn't give 100% of your energy into any one strike. And it's also kind of teaching him to use his opponent's weaknesses against them. So they decide to just partially cut through some of the braces and then they'll deliver a final blow which will break the whole thing to smithereens (laughs) yeah i really like this for a few reasons i really liked how ang was using what toff had taught him it's funny that at the same time toff is out there complaining she's like why are they taking so long specifically ang too she's like come on twinkle toes <laughs> yes yes she does call him out specifically and he's meanwhile he's just like yeah toff taught me this <laughs> says so much about who they are as people honestly yeah really it really does so i liked it because of that and then i also liked it because i thought it could also potentially be a good metaphor for them fighting the war because i feel like you know they could weaken the Fire Nation in several places, which they already kind of have done a little bit, and then kind of do something to deliver the final blow, like maybe to do with the eclipse that's coming up or something like Mm -hmm. that. So I just thought that was cool. I don't know if that will be anything, but um, I thought it could potentially. I think yes, but maybe not in the way that you would anticipate, if that makes sense. (laughs) that's cool i like being surprised despite my stance on spoilers i do enjoy being surprised (laughs) they decide that that's what they're gonna do but unfortunately azula by this time has already clued into what's going on well she gets news that one of the engineers has been compromised and that one of the braces has been cut through so she and the dangerous ladies, which she actually calls them ladies. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I thought she would approve of dangerous ladies. <laughs> I think she'd like that. <laughs> <laughs> they actually go down and check out what's going on. Yes, yes. This is when Tylee is excited because she's like, Wow, Azula, you were right. It is the Avatar. And friends. She just, like, flirts with Sokka in the middle of this whole mess. With her eyes, too. She just, like, blinks at him. And Sokka, I have to say, uh, as much as I love Sokka, I will call him out in this particular instance because he does kind of flirt back. And I'm like, excuse me? You just kissed Suki? That's rude. Don't worry. He'll get his head screwed on in the future. <laughs> good, good. I mean, I know Tylee is pretty, but, like, come on, Suki. He's just he's just happy for the attention. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, Katara was just yelling at him, so he's probably like, oh, this nice girl is, like, flirting with me. This is much better. (laughs) And then Katara's just like, no, dude. Stop. (laughs) Drags him away. (laughs) I'm still calling you out, Sokka. He's also a teenage boy, so, like, you know, 
Azula basically says, so they split up, right? Aang goes one way and Katara and Sokka go another way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they split up the same way they did in the chase episode. So Azula, I think she really wants to take down Aang on her own. So she goes after him and May and Tylee semi-follow Sokka and Katara. (laughs) Right, because Sokka and Katara end up finding this hatch that opens up onto Slurry, which is apparently rocks and water mixed together. I didn't know that, but they helpfully explain it to us in the show. They're like, well, this is our way out of here. I think Sokka says that. And then so they jump in and then Mei and Tai Lee should in theory be jumping in after them, but <laughs> Mei draws the line at wall sludge juice. I love this. I just, I think it's another, I don't know, every single scene that we have with Mei and Tai Lee, because there aren't as many of them, I feel like they have to keep building on their characters so that we really get a sense of who they are. And I think they do such a good job of that. And May refusing to go in the slurry is just a great example of how her relationship with Azula differs from Ty Lee's relationship with Azula. Yeah, I loved this insight from you. Um, I saw it in your notes and I completely agree. I think they do an excellent job of establishing these characters in what little screen time they have. It's, I think it can be difficult sometimes to introduce characters later on in a show and have the audience like them. And I think with Ty Lee and May, it works really well immediately. Yeah, as you, we see, May, you know, is going to be the person who is going to stand up to Azula in a way sometimes. Like you said, there are limits that she has and she's going to draw the line somewhere. And Azula can boss her around, but there are some things that she refuses to do. (laughs) But Ty Lee is definitely more loyal and I think is also ruled by fear. Yeah, well, it reflects how they were recruited, if you will, Mm -hmm. right? Because Ty Lee was recruited by Azula showing up at the circus and basically saying, like, come join me or die. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Good summary of that there. <laughs> Thank you. And whereas May, it was more like, okay, <laughs> I guess I'll join you then. I'm bored, so sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I think that kind of makes sense for how they react to Azula as well. Mm-hmm. I also like that they turn the stereotype on its head and like the more girly girl isn't afraid to get her hands dirty. And May is just like, nah, man, I'm not doing that. <laughs> yes, I love that. I didn't th- even think about that until you pointed it out, but I love it. Um, that's a really good insight that they they kind of switched it around. Yeah, and it, you know, makes these characters less one note or like not one note. They're not one note characters is what I'm saying. So May is like, nope. And Ty Lee is like, wee. <laughs> Accurate. Until... <laughs> Until, well, yeah, so first Sokka and Katara, obviously, because they went first, they come out the other side, and this must just be like a really terrible water park ride. (laughs) I was thinking the same thing. (laughs) Because it's not just water, but also rocks. Yeah. Ugh. Very uncomfortable. Yeah, I would not want to do that. I think I'd be with May. I'd just be like, nope. Can you imagine how grainy that would be? Like, ooh, the texture. (laughs) Oh, I don't like sand anyway. (laughs) 
I hate sand. <laughs> it's coarse and rough. <laughs> Gets everywhere. Uh, yep. Uh, yeah, so Sock and Katara end up expelled first into the sludge. And then Tai Li comes after them, but at that point, Katara has already, like, stood up and she gets told by Sokka, but I think she was probably going to do it anyway, <laughs> she just sends Tai Li back. And she's furious at Tai Li. Yeah, she is. I mean, like we keep establishing, waterbedding is the source of her pride, and so... Tylee has been really the only person that has taken that away from her. And she's like, oh no, this girl is going to pay today. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She calls her circus freak, which is rude. But again, it's like, you know, how we've talked about before. Like, I like that Katara isn't perfect. That she gets these moments where she's like a little bit mean to someone. <laughs> I think we're definitely seeing more sides of Tylee than she is. So we're fonder of her and Katara's really only had terrible interactions so. yeah yeah it makes sense while this is going on Aang is obviously well he's running away from Azula but that's not really his goal his goal is to try and find a place where he can deliver that final blow yes and Katara has actually given him her bending water and he is about to take it and make a weak point in the top of the drill that he can destroy, essentially. I guess we didn't say that Katara and Aang did manage to cut through halfway all yes. the other parts of the drill. Poor Aang is having a rough time because not only is he contending with this drill, but General Sung's people are just chucking boulders down at the drill like that's actually going to do something <laughs> yeah yeah he's again being completely useless and poor ang is like stop shooting rocks down here and general song says whatever you do don't stop shooting rocks down there that's such a good line it makes me laugh every time but so funny yeah, I think he mishears Aang in that yes. moment, but it's just really funny. Poor Aang is trying his best. He is, but then Azula comes along and he has to fight her as well. Yes, and I think he does a really good job fighting her with, because he ends up using the falling rocks to fight her. Yes, I think this is a pretty cool fight scene, actually. It's very intense mm -hmm. the whole time i watch it i felt like my body was like tensing up <laughs> <laughs> yeah no i agree with you and i think that fight scenes are always the best when you're invested in the characters and you can follow what's going on and i think this fight scene does both of those things very well yeah and it's even cooler than their fight in the chase because they're more evenly matched, and he's not sleep-deprived. <laughs> oh god, yes. I think Azula is really aiming to kill Aang, because at one point he does get knocked out, and has his vision comes back, and it's very blurry. She's, like, holding up this ball of fire to aim at him. And I think she isn't stupid like Zhao. <laughs> Like, she knows if she kills Aang, then it's pretty much game over. And she doesn't need to bring 
Aang to her dad alive in order to get credit. Like, she's gonna get credit no matter what, you know? Yeah, yeah. I think so, too. And I also read it that way, that she was get ready to kill him in that moment. But Aang does manage to kind of come to in time. And he makes <laughs> he makes his own little infinity gauntlet out of rocks, <laughs> which I thought was fun. <laughs> that was pretty cool. Yeah, but then they're taken down by the slurry. <laughs> right, because at this point, Katara kind of plugged it back in. And Sokka kind of tells her to keep doing that because that's going to basically make the whole thing pop. Yeah, and Toph comes along too and starts helping her as well. Right, because she can also bend it because it's also Earth. They are coming to contend with the fact that slurry is basically spewing out of every orifice. (laughs) (laughs) Ew, that was such a disgusting sentence. (laughs) I'm so sorry. And everyone's slipping. Azula's slipping. Aang is slipping. I should have made my song for the week slip slide in a way. I don't know that song. I think it's Simon and Garfunkel. Oh no, it's just Paul Simon. Okay. Oh, okay. Well, he one half off. Anyway, only one of the two people who is slipping out of Azula and Aang has someone that they can truly rely on. Momo. This is so cute. He came back to save Aang because Aang told him to, you know, get out of there once Azula started attacking, which was really sweet. <laughs> Aww. Yeah, it's nice because it's normally Appa who saves everyone. <laughs> yes. But Momo's like, Appa isn't here, so I have to step in. <laughs> exactly, exactly. We're so proud of you, Momo. We forgive that time that you couldn't find water for <laughs> Katara and Sokka. At this point, Azula's kind of stuck in her position because she slid off the side of the drill. And it gives Aang time to make this peg out of earth from one of the boulders that General Sung flings down and he puts it in the crack that he's made and he delivers the final blow to this drill and the Avatar theme music played and it always gives me the chills it's just so good (laughs) I didn't pick up on the fact that it was the Avatar theme music but I really did get chills in that moment I was just so proud of everyone in that moment. Like, Aang obviously delivers the final blow, but it's a culmination of everything else that everyone else has done. Yes. It's so good to see this, too, because I feel like they haven't been able to catch a break in such a long time. Yes, I was thinking the same thing, that, like, they really needed a win. Yes, absolutely, and this was a very big win for them. Yeah, I was just really proud of all these little kids covered in goo because <laughs> everyone is covered in slurry at this point yes they are except for may who's just like whatever guys <laughs> got out of that unscathed i like that azula kind of falls into the ground and tylee has already kind of fallen out and i felt really bad for tylee just in general <laughs> for what was going on but then azula i noticed again when i was re-watching to do my poem that when azula falls into the sludge she covers tylee in sludge again Oh, poor Tylee. I know. I was like, oh my god, she didn't deserve that. But then May has a great line, which is she just opens the little window and says, We lost. Which is so funny because she's so nonchalant about it, but this is a huge loss for Azula and her crew. Yeah, Azula's gonna be mad. 
Well, I think it teaches her a very valuable lesson. Not good for the gang, but... (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'm interested to see then where she goes with her newfound knowledge. Just a little hint. She does kind of recognize the tools that they utilized in this episode, and it has a lot to do with taking things down from the inside. Ah... Okay, okay, interesting. Ooh, maybe she's the person who uses some espionage. <laughs> I'm not gonna say. <laughs> okay. So, yeah, um, it's a really cool moment for the gang. And then we kind of end with this sweet scene with all of them together and Sokka trying to come up with more names for them. <laughs> and Katara's just not having it again. <laughs> no. But Aang was quite receptive and I thought that was very cute because I feel like their relationship has just developed so well over time and Aang kind of used to make fun of Sokka but now it just feels like he's generally very fond of him. (laughs) Yeah I do like their friendship a lot and you know I also like you know you have sort of would-be in-laws who are friends if that (laughs) makes sense. If Katara and Aang were together, then um, Aang and Sokka being besties would just be awesome. Yeah, and Sokka's suggestion, so we already talked about Boomerang Squad. I do think it's fun, although it kind of centers Sokka a little bit. (laughs) 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 Which maybe isn't the best thing. Aang Gang, again, Gang is a better version of that, I think. It's just easier to say. And the other one he comes up with is Fearsome Foursome. (laughs) Which, you know, again, is a bit of a mouthful. Yeah, and I mean, what are you going to do if you add more people to your group? Then you'll have to change the name. Right, what if Suki... I mean, Suki, I think, does become part of the gang later on, right? Mm -hmm. So then what you going to do, Sokka, if your girlfriend... The fearsome fivesome. (laughs) That was a good shock impression. Thank you. But as we all know, Zuko also joins. But yes... A cute little ending, and it's kind of appropriate, I think, that he does try to come up with a name for them, because they did work so well together in this episode. Maybe giving away our MVP. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I mean, I already, yeah, I think I know what I'm gonna pick. (laughs) Do we want to move on then to the MVP? Sure. So, it has to be the gang, right? Second week in a row, I think we gotta do it. (laughs) Yeah, I think so. Well, this time we don't have Suki. Oh, that's true. Unfortunately. She's there in spirit. Yes. Yes, she is. She's there in Sokka's heart, except, you know, Aww. he did flirt with Ty Lee, but, you know. <laughs> it's okay. Like I said, he'll make up for it. Okay, good, good. So, that was easy. <laughs> I know. I feel like it's kind of going to be like that. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> uh oh, the next few episodes, too? I think so. It's going to be easy or it's going to be the gang again? Well, I won't spoil it. Okay. All right, fine. All right, so uh, should we then go to our playlist, since that was the easiest MVP ever? Sure. I'm going to go first, if you don't mind, because I think mine kind of ties into that MVP choice, because it is kind of about the gang. All right, go for it. So I ended up choosing Fight Song by Rachel Platten, which a lot of people have probably heard, because when it came out, it was like everywhere. I kind of liked it because, first of all, the kind of spirit of it, 
I think kind of gets you pumped and that was kind of how I felt at the end of the episode <laughs> just like yeah go Gan, you did it the chorus is this is my fight song take back my life song prove I'm alright song my powers turned on starting right now I'll be strong I'll play my fight song it gave me those kinds of vibes um, but then I also thought there were other bits that kind of tied into various different members of the gang as well like a small boat on the ocean sending big waves into motion like how a single word can make a heart open I might only have one match but I can make an explosion I thought that was kind of fitting with uh, members of the gang and how they took down the drill and there's also a line that is losing friends and I'm chasing sleep <laughs> so I thought that kind of made me think about previous episodes you know how they were like fighting with each other yes um and it's been two years I miss my home so yeah I think uh if anybody wanted to make a music video of the gang to this <laughs> I think it would be really cool personally <laughs> I'm all about the music videos because I can't edit so Aww. I just <laughs> throw it out into the universe right exactly yeah and hope that someone takes it up <laughs> So that was my choice. What about you? All right. So I had a hard time finding a song for this episode. I think you did too. Yeah, I did. It, it's just very like specific. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Like we said at the beginning, just Avatar things. So. <laughs> yeah, I was joking with Rach um, over Discord uh, when we were chatting like a few days ago. I was like, I should just search in my songs. Are there any songs with the word drill in them? <laughs> exactly. It's weird. So I kind of just went for like the general vibe of Ty Lee. And I picked Kill V Mame by Grimes. And first of all, I just want to say I don't condone Grimes having a baby with Elon Musk. <laughs> just putting that out there. But I do really appreciate, like, some of her earlier albums when she wasn't dating an asshole. And <laughs> this is from her, her album, Art Angels, which is one of my favorites. And it's an interesting song because I feel like she has this very high-pitched, peppy, sort of almost cheerleader voice, which is kind of very Ty Lee but it's a song about, like, killing people. <laughs> so I just felt like it fit Ty Lee. And some of the lyrics are, I got in a fight, I was indisposed. I was in despite all the wicked prose, but I'm only a man and I do what I can. I got friends in high places, I get out for free. I got in a fight, but they don't know me. And then the chorus goes, B-E-H-A-V-E, -E, arrest us. <laughs> Oh, gotcha. Behave. Okay. Yeah. B-E-H-A-V-E, -E, nevermore. You gave up being good when you declared a state of war. So I think it's very fitting for Tylee. And that's, that's my choice. <laughs> cool. Interesting. I have not heard that song. But yeah, I think the lyrics, it kind of sounds like it. And the fact that it's sung in like a cheerleader type voice, that definitely <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> is fitting with Tylee. <laughs> With that, then, I guess we should talk about next week's episode. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I feel like this is you every week. It, it kind of is, but I'm like, I don't know. I feel like I'm building on it, you know? <laughs> yes, yes. It's, you know, by the end of the season, it's just going to be, oh my god. Oh, it's just me screaming into the microphone. Especially if Aang does die, as I'm predicting. 
The next episode is called City of Walls and Secrets. So that kind of gives you a little bit of an idea of what is going on in Bossing Say. So they're finally getting to go in the city after all this time of getting there and then, you know, stopping the drill and all that. And I feel like this episode is one where I'm just screaming the whole time, like, this is not a children's show. <laughs> oh, no. Everything, all of the concepts that they introduced, that totally went over my head. Even when I was a teenager, I didn't fully comprehend what was going on. And now I'm like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> so it's very interesting. And just a lot of it has to do with the inner workings of the city and what's going on there and kind of how the gang has to deal with it. So, you know, like their main mission is to get information to the Earth King and that's what they're trying to do, but they kind of have to jump through a lot of hoops to get there. Uh-huh. The Earth King, whose voice actor showed up at the last minute at the yes. Avatar reunion. <laughs> so I'll get to meet him next episode. That's cool. Yeah, I know a little bit about Bossing Say. I have a vague idea that, like, they are kind of pretending the war doesn't exist. I've kind of pieced that together, I think, from, again, from things I've seen online. I'm interested to know more about what's going on. And, you know, the fact that all the refugees are going there is kind of interesting, too. Like, why does everyone want to go to Bossing Say? I mean, I guess because it's safe. Yeah, it's like the last safe haven from the Fire Nation kind of thing. Oh, I've also seen, I think, some gifts of a woman who, like, gives them a tour around the city or something. <laughs> oh, God. Judy. Ugh. So I'm guessing you like her. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I mean, I did recently make a top five Avatar characters that I would fight list. And she was on it, so... <gasps> I did see that! <laughs> Much to look forward to. <laughs> and Jet was also on that list purely because of his eyebrows. I should say Jet, of course, returns, but I already hinted at that, that he's trying to expose Iroh and Zuko, and that's a big part of his plot in the next episode. And Iroh and Zuko are there too, presumably. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> okay, so until then... If you want to find us, you can find us on Twitter, where we tweet out various things. We mentioned recently that we changed our recording schedule, and I just did want to make a note of that because in case you want to send us something about a specific episode, then just make sure that you uh, let us know before Saturday, the week before that episode comes out, <laughs> if that makes any sense, because we're one week in advance recording things now. Yes. You can also send more long form responses to us at emberislandsayers at gmail.com. Feel free to send any reviews, comments, suggestions, whatever our way, and we will read it out unless you request us not to. We are available on multiple platforms, including Spotify and Apple Podcasts. If you're listening to us on Apple Podcasts, or even if you're not, we would love it if you would leave us a review. It makes us so happy when we get nice reviews. If you could leave us a five-star review, that would be amazing. Until next time, I will tell you guys to stay flaming. Stay flaming, everybody.
now. Not a butt. Don't put that in the podcast. <laughs> Stop trying to make Team Avatar happen. <laughs>